Hello, this is Calvin Pickering. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. And welcome to another edition of Clubhouse Conversation where we talk to all your favorite current and former Royals with me, Davo, and today it's a name that the majority of Royals fans will definitely remember in 2014 as he was here in recent years, Calvin Pickering, who played first base in DH for KC in 2004 and 2005. I can distinctly remember him being down in Omaha in 2004 when he hit 35 home runs in just 89 games. Hit seven more when he came up to KC that year. But I distinctly remember the free Calvin Pickering movement. People wanted him up here in a big way in KC. And really, he produced pretty well for the Royals. Only 149 at-bats, but hit eight home runs to go along with 318, 456, and 774. A guy that will forever be intriguing and mysterious to the Royals fan. He was here, but not as long as everybody would have liked. But Calvin, nice enough to join us here on Clubhouse Conversation from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Originally also spent time with Baltimore, where he came up through their system. Cincinnati and Boston. And Pickering joins us. Clubhouse Conversation. It's a pleasure to catch up with you, Cal. Welcome to the show, and how's everything going? Pretty good. Pretty good, man. Just, you know, trying to stay afloat out here, doing some training and stuff, teaching kids how to play the game. Oh, cool. Where are you at these days? Out in California somewhere? Yeah, out in Riverside, California. Have you been uh, following the Royals at all during this uh, magical 2014 season? Yeah, I mean, every now and then, man, I, I pick it up in uh, baseball tonight. You know, I'm always following up on everything that goes on and stuff. But, I, you know, the boys them are doing good. You know, they, they're holding their own, you know what I'm saying? They are there battling every day and um, winning important games and stuff. So, pretty good. It's very exciting to see it uh, every night. It's pretty crowded at the stadium so that's a good thing yeah hopefully they can keep her going but so we'll come back to 2014 in a bit but let's go back then let's start a long time ago when you were a kid growing up in the u.s virgin Islands. so first of all for somebody who's never been there how beautiful are you you know are, are those islands and where you're from uh, it's beautiful man <laughs> you know it's it's pretty it's nice you know people go down there for vacation and stuff like that you know enjoy the the weather it's always nice weather so you know you can't go wrong with the beaches so you know it's a good place to go and uh, visit and stuff and hang out for about you know a week or so and then head back to the states now you mentioned the weather you get a lot of hurricanes down there don't you uh yeah but um not not throughout the whole year it's only around september you know september october you know that's um hurricane season and stuff like that so that's where a lot of Other than that, you know, it's pretty good. Good. Well, now, were you through some big hurricanes, by the way, when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been through some big ones, you know, way back down. Hugo, I can remember. Yeah. You know, you know that, that was a big one. That wiped out the whole island. Well, so you moved to Tampa then for your senior year of high school, but you lived in the U.S. Virgin Islands up till then. So I'm assuming baseball isn't real popular over there. So how did you get involved with it in the first place? Actually, you know what, um, Little League is very popular, um, you know, when it gets to, uh, from Little League all the way up until you're 15, 16 years old, you know, that's when it starts to slow down, 
But Little League is very big in the Caribbean and in the Virgin Islands. You know, just like any other island. You know, but it's when you get when you get older, that's when uh, things start to you know go down a little bit and stuff. But people have to leave the island to get the talent scene and stuff like that. Huh. That's pretty much it. Now, why do you think? Why do they kind of slow it down when you get older? Uh, you know, uh, it's not real. I guess it's how it's how it's organized. You know, when you get older to the higher levels, and you know, some kids, you know, it, it depends on what they want to do with their life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if they want to continue playing ball or making something out of it, or you know, go a different route. You know, um, I think that's pretty much what it is. Um, you know, but you know, like I said, it 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 slows down around you know, fifteen, sixteen, but then at um, it picks back up again with the older, when you get older. So, you know, when I was 13 years old, you know, it slowed down a little bit. And then, you know, when I turned 14, I had to play in a league that was 21 and over hmm. with, you know, with grown men to continue playing. So that's what I ended up doing until I was 16 years old. So, and then I, I left the Virgin Islands. That, wow. So you're playing against guys seven, eight years older than you. Um, yeah, grown, grown man. I would say I was 13. 14 years of playing against huh. 40-year-old man and stuff, you know. But I had to do what I had to do, you know, to continue playing. I love playing the game. Yeah, so. well, great experience, too. Now, I've read that one of your favorite training exercises, did you used to do 30-yard ocean sprints and water, like they're from waist to chest deep. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. We, um, you know, back every, every, every day, man, um, you know, my uncle used to pick us up around, five, six o'clock in the morning, you know, and he had a, you know, he always said, it, you know, while everybody is sleeping, you know, we are here working. So he he pick us up five, six o'clock in the morning. We had to be ready. We go on practice from six to eight, you know, from, or, yeah, like five o'clock, so from six to eight o'clock. And when we finish, we go straight to the beach. And, you know, at, at that age, I thought we were just going to the beach to have fun, you know, so. <laughs> You know, just to swim after we practiced for so hard, you know, because he was hard enough. And, you know, all of a sudden we end up in the water running sprints, you know, and um, playing all type of, you know, flag football or something in the sand, you know, just running. And I, later on in my career, I started realizing, like, you know, he 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 was working it. He had us going, you know, because, you know, he didn't tell us it was extra work, you know. But, you know, yeah, we had to... We had to run in the water, you know, waist high, sprint, 30 yards, and even take our, take our wood bat and swing under the water. Wow. wow. You know, so, yeah, you know, but and it paid off, you know. You could, you see, I see what happened later on, you know. Yeah, well, so a man named Ellie Hendricks then kind of noticed you at the age of 17 in a baseball clinic and then brought Lee May from the Orioles over to see you hit. So what do you remember about that day when you met Lee and he saw you hit? Uh, you know, it, it, it was funny. They came to the, the Virgin Islands um, to tour a clinic, you know. But at that time, I was already, you know, I was, what, 15, 16 years old, 15, 16 years old, and, you know, playing. And, you know, Elrod was, you know, he would come down there once in a, once every year or so, you know what I'm saying, once every couple of years, you know. And um, I just happened to, you know, one of one of the guys them that know him told him, "Hey, I got a kid that you know I want you guys to in the camp." You know what I'm saying? You know, Boo Powell, this guy named Boo Powell, and 
you know, I ended up going to the camp and stuff, and um, actually as a teacher's friend then and also. And we was, um, you know, just when they see him and, you know, just listening to them and just swinging, taking ground balls and stuff, and just the fit, you know. Um, you know, I ended up meeting uh, Lee May, <laughs> uh, Mr. Lee May, Mr. May, and uh, he tried to get me a... Uh, he had a first base mitt, you know, but he thought I was right-handed. So he gave me a right-hand mitt. I said, well, thank you very much. I'll take it, but I'm left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, so your Aunt Lois heard about your baseball success then and wanted you to move over to Tampa to attend high school your senior year and live with her. So you did that, and you went to King High where you were a second-team All-State as a left fielder. So what was your experience like at King High? Was that kind of a culture shock or not too bad? Yeah, uh, no, actually not, man. You know, um, it goes back before I even got to King. Like I said, you know, me playing – with all the guys and at the age of 13, 14 years old. And, you know, my first year playing against uh, 21 and over against all the older guys, I was, you know, in the Caribbean, I was rookie of the year. So, you know, um, when my aunt finally came to the Virgin Islands for Carnival, you know, to be honest, you know, um, a lot of people probably don't know about it, but uh, I can remember that day like it was yesterday, you know, when um, a drug dealer came up to me and said, you know, Calvin, you know, but he called me by my nickname. He was like, hey, Pitt, you, you, know, you need to leave the Virgin Islands. If you want to make something out of it, you need to leave the Virgin Islands. I'll buy you a plane ticket to go to the States. I don't care where you go, but find somebody that will take and I'll pay for it. You know, and, and I told the guy, I was like, you know, thank you very much, man, but I don't want your money. You know what I'm saying? Huh. And I went to, so I went home and I talked to my mom. And at that time, my aunt was visiting the Virgin Islands for Carnival. And I told my mom, I said, hey, it's time for me to leave. I said, if you want me to make it to the major leagues, it's time for me to go right now. She's like, what? I said, yeah. I said, it's time for me to go. I have nothing else to prove here in the Virgin Islands. You know, I, I need to take my talent somewhere. So my aunt was there. She like, go ask your aunt. And I went and asked her. She made the phone call to her husband, and they talked. And she like, bring him. And um, my, mom, my mom went and got me that plane ticket the next day, and it was off and rolling. Went to Tampa, and you know it was funny, man. Um, when I got to King King High School, my coach, um, you know, I walk in the. He was a PE teacher, so I walk in looking for him. And the first thing I was, you know, I walk in, I said, "Can I find? It? I'm looking for the baseball coach, and I'm here to play baseball." And, you know, he came out from the back, and he was like, uh, "You sure you want to play baseball or football?" I said, "I don't play football. We don't play football in the Caribbean." We play baseball, you know, and uh, he was like, you pretty big guy. I was like, yeah, but we play baseball. You know, and he was like, okay, well, come out to practice. Here's the address. I'll see you there. I was like, all right, thank you very much, you know, and um, I went home and gave it to my aunt, and she was like, hey, the field is right across the street from our house, like literally five minutes, you know, and I was like, what? She was like, yeah, they're practicing right up the street. Just walk across. So I grabbed my stuff, walk over there, and, you know, he he showed me in the outfield, like, what position you play. I said, I play first base, and I can play the outfield. And he was like, well, we have a team at first base, so you have to, you know, be my play in the outfield if you make the team. I was like, yeah, no problem. I can play the outfield. So that's where it all started, man. Uh, you know, he put me in the last group. He never seen me. Nobody knew who I was. <laughs> you know, and, you know, he finally called me in, put his son in the mind. You know, I was the last one to hit him back in practice, man. 
you know, he, they told his son just to throw me a couple of balls, and the first ball I hit, I hit it at the school, and he was like, everybody just stopped everything and just looked at him like, who's this kid? <laughs> you know, and that's when it all took off. You know, my coach did. Wow. So it, it was pretty cool. T- talk about like winning the lottery right there for your coach. He's like, what the hell? I, oh, where did this guy come from? What the, exactly. You know, he was like, where are you from again? What's your name? You know, he was like, I'm like, I'm from Calvin Pittman from the Virgin Islands. I came to play baseball. When did the season start? You know, you know, he was like, All right, let me see you hit a couple more. And out of 10 pitches, I hit nine on the school because there was a school behind the field. And he was, everybody was like, who's this? <laughs> and then he asked me, and I told him, I said, man, um, I found it, like I told him, I found the Caribbean, and I've been playing ball my whole life, and he was like, but, you know, you know my talent was was off the charts at that age, you know, being, playing with older guys, so coming back to my age group was basically nothing, you know, at that time. Yeah, wow, <laughs> that's great. So, before we talk more about that, what do you think you would have done if you would have ended up staying in the Virgin Islands? Uh, you know what? Honestly, uh, I probably would have left anyway. You know, back home, it's either, you know, either a baseball was my life. You know, I always knew I wanted to be a ball player, so I was going to do anything I had to do. Honestly, I didn't have no second plan. Okay. Uh, you know, it was either baseball or, you know, do something else were attracting me, but, you know, I was really focused on what I wanted to do, you know, um, to make a career out of, so, you know, I was, it was nothing else on my mind other than baseball, so, I really, honestly, I can't really tell you what I would have been doing. <laughs> Love that. So, a scout named Harry Shelton then from Baltimore watched you at King High, and he started scouting you, and eventually Baltimore took you, but, so, were you kind of expecting to be drafted out of high school, or were you surprised by that? You know, um, I pretty, I had a good shot. I know, I knew I had a really good shot, you know, knowing that my experience and stuff. And, like, you know, back in the Caribbean, we used to go back, and when I was 13 years old, I was facing uh, minor league pitchers. I mean, the league, the 21 and over, the, the guys that I used to run the league used to bring minor league pitchers to the Caribbean and pitch for their team. So, you know, um, we had another kid down there that everyone looked up to. who was Walter Smalls, who was one of the number one picks out of um, high school. At, at, I don't even think he, in 11th grade, he was, you know, that's how he pitched like five no-hitters in the state for a perfect game or something like that at, back then. I mean, he was, you know, he was from the Cubs, so he was really one of the top players coming out of the island. And we all look up to him and stuff. And that's, that's the type of guys I was facing. You know, they would bring minor league pitchers down to 96, 97. Huh. And we used to, I used to kill them. And I used to tell them. I used to talk a lot of junk, too, you know, back then. Like, if you're going to come from the state throwing that, you better get some movement. You know, you better move. You're going to be spotting your pitches and get some movement on your pitch. You can't throw no straight fastball here. I'm going to hit it out of the bottom. I'm going to blast off. And they used to watch me like, who's this little kid talking like this? I'm like, don't do it, you know. And, they, you know, so when I came to the state, you know, um, my level, like I said, was really high. You know, I was really advanced for my age. So I knew that I was going back to my age bracket and, it was, you know, I'm not saying it would have been easy, but, you know, um, I was pretty confident in myself that I knew I was going to do good. Well, you did. Then Baltimore took you in the 35th round 
of the 95 yeah. draft. So where were you at when you found out the news, and how excited were you that day? Yeah, the funny part about that, honestly, the reason why I went so late is because they never seen me play. I was my, I only played my senior year in Tampa, only my 12th grade year. So, you know, my my coach, I could give, I give him all the credit. He's the one that, you know, called Harry Shelton and told Harry, look, you got to come see this kid. I don't care if you ever come back to this school again, but I'm putting my, my career on the line. If you, I mean, if you don't think he's worthy of getting drafted, then, you know, you don't need to come back. You know, and that's what, he, that's what my head coach told us out. And he came and, you know, he came at one of the big games when they were scouting this number one pick out of uh, Hillsborough High School. This uh, month or something, it was more like '97 and you know '98, and it by everybody. But when he faced me, I turned him around. Dude, clearly, I was like, "Who is this dude?" You know, like turned this '96 mile apart fall fastball around like it was nothing. Huh. You know, and that's why it took off, man. Um, you know, when when I got drafted, yeah, I was 30, you know it was 35th round pick, but. I honestly felt if I was going for a year in the States, I might have been a number one pick coming out. Yeah. Coming out. But, you know, I, I'm I'm thankful and grateful for that, you know, just from being drafted because coming from the Caribbean, you know, all you want to do is play ball. So by me getting drafted and when I got that news, you know, you know, my my aunt and everybody just went off, you know, and it was you know, it was time. It was just time to go. Now, what was the name of your high school coach then that that was calling Harry and telling him? Um, Jim, uh, Jim Macaluso. Oh, cool. Do you still talk to him at all? Or? Yeah. 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 I keep in contact with him, um, and stuff, you know, and, uh, go, when I go back to Tampa, that's the first person I go see. Cool. What a cool story. So you spent the end of 95 with the Gulf Coast Orioles. You started a long career of hitting the cover off the ball. Then you hit 500 in 60 at bats with the GCL Orioles. Then in 96, you were at Bluefield. You hit 18 home runs, became the first ever Oriole to win minor league player of the year out of rookie ball. Then Delmarva, 25 home runs there. And in 98, you were the Eastern League player of the year at Bowie. And hit 31 home runs before Baltimore finally called you up as a September call-up. So what do you remember about that first call to the big leagues? Where were you at and, and when you got the call, and how'd they tell you? Uh, you know, that, I, I, was, I was in Bowie. And then Bowie, um, after the, the season, man, you know, that, that season started, it's funny because that season started off, I was, what, 4 for 44? 4 for 44 when I first started off. I was hitting like 040-something. And at the beginning of the season, and they wanted to set me down, you know. They wanted to set me down to eight ball. They thought I was overmatched, and, you know, the manager was like, We're not, don't, you're not sending him down. He'll be fine, you know, just trust me. And we just continue working and working and working, and boom, it just took off from there. And um, I just got locked in and, you know, did what I had to do, and, you know, I almost won the triple crown. Yeah, he did. And, you know, I got the call. Did they give you any cool story? Like, were you expecting the call, or did they just kind of tell you, "Hey, you're going uh, up"? Yeah, and, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I honestly I can't remember. I was probably in the clubhouse after the game when the season um, was winding down, and it was like, "Hey, you know, come in here, you know, talk for a minute and stuff." And it was actually me and Ryan, me and Ryan Miner together. We did everything together. We move up and down the system, so you know, both of us we got the call, and you know, it was pretty cool. It was now, like, you guys going to Baltimore. All right, what? 
the first thing they did is call up mom. Like, are you serious? You going to read that call up? Like, wow. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now, Miner was a heck of a basketball player. I used to watch him in college yes, at, Oklahoma. at Oklahoma. Did you ever see him play basketball? No, we, we mess around. We mess around in, in, the, <laughs> in, in, in the clubhouse. So what we go to, like, if we were on a road trip or whatever, we go to the gym and, you know, we we, we, are, we mess around. We're like, man, when you going to go back and play basketball, you know? No, seriously. Yeah, I... it was pretty cool. He was pretty good. He was really good. I used to watch him myself, too. Yeah. And then he told me to stay traders. I I really thought he had a, a chance at the NBA actually when I saw him playing college. Oh, so. Yeah, it was pretty good. He was really good. Yeah, I used to watch it too. I mean, I was starting to get drafted by this man. Played two sports. Yeah, man. You know, he did good in both. You know, he did good in both, man. His problem was he always had a guy named Ripken in front of him. So, <laughs> hey, that's both of us. Yeah, you right. Know, that's unfortunately, you know, we and a lot of people don't. Really see it, you know. Um, at that and at that in that era when we was coming up, we was coming. Me and Ryan and you know, a lot of us was that major league team was pretty stacked. You know, um, it wasn't if it was the opening, it was probably in the pitching, and that was even stacked. You know, it was very rare that you know to crack. It was hard to crack that lineup or crack crack that team. You know, because both of us was black all the way up. Our whole career, no matter what we did, I felt we was, you know, we was, you know, we were black, you know, because these guys had multi-year contracts and stuff, and they were big names, you know. So, you know, but at the same time, you know, we learned a lot from those guys, and we were fortunate to be around those guys. So, it was pretty cool. Yeah, well, when you when you debuted, then you were the tenth player from the U.S. Virgin Islands to make it to the big leagues, and you had some success right off the bat, man. Your third game, you got both your first hit and a home run off of a oh, pretty good little pitcher there, David Cohn. How exciting was that day? That was pretty cool, man. That was pretty cool. You know, actually, uh, I made my debut off a box and knuckleball pitcher. Stuck out like four times. Like, you got to be kidding me, right? You know? But, uh, you know, we, you know, a couple of days later, like you said, off of David Cohn, my first hit, you know, uh, was a home run. Uh, First thing we hit, you know, and I, I can remember that that day, the whole scenario from that bat before, you know, um, how he was pitching me and, and you know, just you know, he was pitching me on a pattern, you know, fastball change or fastball off speed, fastball off speed, and I picked up on it, you know, after the the first at bat, I you know, I went back in and I was like, he's you know, he's pitching me on a pattern, so the uh, when I hit the bat, I hit the home and uh, I went up there and I was looking for, looking to see what he was going to do early in the count. So I was pretty patient. And when he stopped me with a fastball, I thought, okay, you know, um, he has there's a fastball. I said, let's see what his next pitch is going to be. And it was an off-speed hit. And then I was like, okay, if he come back with a fastball, hey, I'm going to get him. And sure enough, <laughs> came back with a fastball. I'm like, Got him, <laughs> but I was you know I I picked up on the pattern early, so huh. it was pretty cool. That's what smart hitters do. And then later that year, you also took uh, Pedro Martinez deep. Do you remember that one too? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Boston and and Boston. Um, it was it, it, you know what Pedro man, he he's something special. You know, um, he's something special. I remember that they were in Boston and they came in and they were like, "Hey, pick you, um, 
you started today at first, um, you know, oh, by the way, Pedro Martinez is pitching. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, you know, I was like, okay, cool. You know, and uh, first at bat, you know, um, he threw me all, um, all fastballs and I home run. The second at bat, I came up, he threw me all changeup. And I flew out and I ran by him and he, you know, he turned to me and he said, hey, Dick, I see you. You showed me you can hit my fastball. I wanted to see if you can hit my curveball. I mean, my uh, my changeup. And I started laughing. I said, "Man, you crazy!" And I just kept going. And ever since then, we're cool. <laughs> That's cool. Well, nineteen ninety nine, you were between Triple A Rochester. You hit sixteen home runs in just half the season, and then Baltimore, you were a reserve in ninety nine and in half the season as well. How did you like playing? Uh, you know, with uh, Camden Yards and with the Orioles. Pretty good, man. Pretty good, you know. Like I said, I was, and I'm very fortunate and happy that they give me my opportunity. Actually, drafted me, and you know, gave me the opportunity to to come through the system and stuff, and give me my, you know, make my dream come true and stuff. Coming from the Virgin Islands, you know, what I'm saying um, that was always a dream to get there, and uh, I'm very fortunate, you know, and and to learn a lot from a lot of the guys, you know, coming up, you know, um, playing playing be- with Rafael Palmero. Uh, Will Fox, you know, um, Cal Ripken, you know, B.J. Sauv, Ray Anderson. I mean, I could name all of them that was a favorite boss to all of us. You know, we had a good group of guys, you know, and they took care of us, Eric Davis. Um, I mean, they took care of the young ones, you know. The, the funny part about it and the crazy part about it is that um, Rafael Palmero gave me my first, my first mint. You know, and really? my first, yeah, first first base mate when I was 16 years old, he sent um, Elrod Hendricks, went back to to spring training, and he sent me down a uh, first base mate from Rafael Palmeira, and he told him, he said, hey, I got the other extra mate. I can't, um, I have a kid in the Virgin Islands, I need, you know, needs a mate. He, he just has a glove with strength, you know, and uh, he sent me the mate, and, you know, two years later, I got drafted from Baltimore. Next year, I was in big league camp, and he called me. He was like, Calvin, come here. Let me introduce you to Palmero. And, you know, and he went over. He was like, hey, Rafi, um, you remember that first base mix you gave me for that little kid? And he was like, yeah. He was like, there's the kid right here. <laughs> huh. And he was like, he a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, right. so, you know, but, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm, I was fortunate. Me, you know, we were fortunate to come up under that um in that organization, and to learn a lot from the, you know, those great players, especially Kyle Ripkin, you know, uh, what can you say about him? You know, I mean, I mean, it was amazing, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's a great that that glove story is awesome. I never heard that. That's cool. Uh, so, yeah. n- 1999, you represented Baltimore at the Futures game as well. How was that Futures game experience? Yeah. Pretty good, man. I think actually that was the first year that that, that Futures game opened. Was it the first or the yeah, second? Yeah, yeah, I think it was the first, yes. The first, first year that I had the features game open. It was pretty cool, you know, representing the Caribbean and stuff like that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, we had a good time, a really good time. Um, you know, me, Tyler, we had a lot of Hall of Famers, you know. Um, Pitcher, Gibson, Miss um, Robinson, Jackie Robinson's wife, which was my Alice, my idol coming up in the Caribbean, you know, my mom gave me a Jackie Robinson book when I was 12 years old, you know, and I walked all over the place with that book, you know, uh, so, um, 
you know, to meet his wife. That was, it was pretty cool, man. That was one of my biggest moments of playing this game. Well, in the year 2000, you had a, a rough year. There was some horrible weather that year with Rochester. Then you tore your quad as well. So 2000 was kind of a lost year. But then you came back in 2001. You led the International League with 99 RBIs. You had 22 home runs. and then But, but Baltimore traded you then on August 30th of 2001, uh, where you spent yeah. exactly one week with well, the Reds, right? Yeah, one week. Yeah, and then went to Boston. So were you kind of relieved or sad originally to leave Baltimore? Uh, you know what? Uh, like, I, honestly, I just want—I didn't care where I go. I just wanted an opportunity to to play. Um, you know, at that time, I thought I would—I was going to get opportunity once they they got rid of when they traded Palmero to Texas again. I think it was, and um, they—you know—I thought I was going to be the next one in line. Actually, you know, after putting up great numbers throughout you know my career and stuff and. You know, once they went and then they went and signed Will Clark. And once we signed Will Clark, I was like, man, you know, I don't think I'm going to get a chance here. You know, um, I need to go somewhere else and play because, you know, everybody that I played with, you know, in 98, you know, was already in the big leagues. You know, I mean, you're going from almost winning the triple crown and then you got to go back to the minor leagues the next year. And then, you know, Tory Hunter, Ireland Boys, was with me in double A. I mean, K with Tori Hanna, you know, a lot of the guys. And, and so I almost win the Triple Crown and to go back to Dark Triple A. And then them boys was already big league. It was like, man, what am I doing? Am I doing something wrong here? Right. You know, so, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's because of the, um, the, uh, the, the organization you're in, you know what I'm saying, man? Some teams move faster than the other one, but I felt like, you know, we were definitely, you know, it was going to be a hard way to crack that Baltimore lineup. I mean, because those guys were there for a while. I mean, you know, Howard Baines was there, you know, uh, D.H., Will Clark first base. How can you bring, you know, Jeff Corner, you know, all those boys were, I mean, they were stacked. So it's like, man, am I really going to get a chance here to play or, I'm, you know, or do I need to go somewhere? So, it's, you know, they're just hopping in finally trade me and stuff so and I was I was cool with it well like you said you're only with the Reds for about a week you went one for four in four games and then Boston picked you up after that so were you excited to you know play with Boston yeah I was very yeah very excited man um you know that was uh, a pretty good organization you know um to go over there you know they let me play they let me play when I, when I got there you know and um you know, it's pretty cool. You know, I, even though they have some guys in front of me too, and you know, there was some big names also was over there. It was, it was pretty. It was a nice organization. Well, you went to spring training with them in 2002. Then you had more bad luck. You tore your other quad. More you, bad luck. Yeah, <laughs> you missed that whole year with that torn quad. How? It was, I mean, how devastated were you? Ah, uh, I, I was, man. To be honest, um, I thought honestly. Uh, I was, so I was, I had a pretty good chance of making that team out of spring training, and um, you know, it just, it just happened. You know, it was just one of the cards. All the cards flipped. You know, I had nothing to, you know, draw by. I just went and tried to backhand the ball down the first baseline, and boom! <laughs> I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" You know, 
same injury, the same exact injury that happened on my my other leg is the same one that happened on that one in, in 2002. The same exact injury from the hotel attending. I mean, it was one of those days I was like, you got to kidding me, man. So, you know, for things happen for a reason, you know. Uh, I guess it just wasn't meant to be, you know. Well, 2003, you went to spring training with Seattle, but then they let you go before opening day. So kind of cool. You spent the summer in the Mexican League where you were second in the league at 25 home runs. What was your experience like in the Mexican League? Oh, pretty good, man. You know, it was, it was new. It was new, uh, something different, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I just went over there and played. You know, they are good. And basically, you know, really good, organize, good organization when it comes to playing ball over there. You know, they, you know, it's basically a double-A, triple-A level of baseball. They have some good talents over there and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. Well, you spent another month with the Reds at AAA Louisville at the end of 03, and I'm sure by then you were getting kind of frustrated with bouncing around. But then the Royals called and signed you prior to 2004. So how had the Royals seen you play and kind of discovered you? You know, I, I have no idea, to be honest. <laughs> I, I have no idea how I got over there to Kansas City. You know, all I knew is that, hey, you know, that's Kansas City. They don't really have nobody in front of me over with Mike Sweeney. You know what I'm saying? But, again, you know, I, I I think I have a good shot of making a team. And, you know, I took it. I was like, I, I think I'm going to be here for a while. You know, and I honestly thought I was going to be there for a while, man. You know, I love it over there. You know, um, you know, they give me a chance, you know, got that up, you know. They give me a chance to go over there and I did what I had to do, you know, put up great numbers in AAA and stuff like that, you know, and, you know, for some reason, it didn't work out there also. You know, I really don't know what happened. You know, it was just one of those things. Well, like you said, you started off on a tear. You had 11 home runs in your first 12 games for Omaha back in 2004. 35 uh-huh. in only 89 games, 35 home runs, Omaha's yeah. player of the year. They called you up in mid-August. So, I mean, how excited were you coming to KC that first time in August? Oh, pretty good, man. You know, um funny part about it is is that I missed a month and a half of that season yeah. with a concussion. Um, you know, and I probably would have hit more, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, probably like 45 you know, or 50. I would, yeah, I probably would have hit 50 if I didn't get, if I didn't miss a month and a half season. Yeah. <laughs> so who were some of your teammates that you kind of hit it off with in Kansas City? Did you have some guys you kind of got along with pretty well? Oh, yeah, I mean, all of the boys, all of the boys treated, welcomed me and treated me, you know, um, from my spring training, you know, from my spring training, we build a bond, you know what I'm saying? We build that bond and stuff, and we all get along pretty good. So, you know, it, it was, it was, um, it was pretty, we had a good, we had good chemistry, you know, Mike Sweeney, you know, Geronda, all of them boys, you know, took care, took care of us. So it wasn't like, you know what I mean, any uncomfortable moment at all. We all, they all welcomed us, they took care of us, you know, and it was pretty cool. 
Well, you had quite the Royals debut on August 22nd of 2004 against Texas. You hit a grand slam and then a two-run home run in the same game. So that was two home runs and six RBIs, which was a Royals record for a KC debut. What do you remember about that day? You know, I, I, I you know, I, I was I was excited when I got called up. Um, you know, I I was just ready to play. You know, they called it like you in the lineup. You know, and the funny part about it, I was just getting hot again. You know, uh, I was getting hot back in Triple I started to heat up again back in Triple I started swinging the back good again, um, and you know, I just went up there and. So just went up there and was ready to hit. So, you know, uh, it was it was it was good, man. To, to come back in, to come back and step back into the big leagues, and since um, two thousand was two thousand one. Yep. Two thousand one, um, and because uh, I think my last home run was was my last game in yeah. the big leagues in two thousand. 2001. Yeah, you had three consecutive at bats. I was going to ask you if you if you knew that at the time. Did yeah. you realize that at the time? No, I actually, I did it. <laughs> I did it. That was cool. That was cool. Now, for the year 2004, you had seven home runs, 26 RBIs, and only 122 at bats. Your OPS was 838. Then the next year in 2005, you made your first opening day roster. How much of a thrill was that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I just I didn't. You know, I was in. I didn't expect it, but I didn't know what to expect, actually. You know, I just went to camp. I knew that I was going to camp, and I was in, you know, top shape, which I was, and I didn't have to worry about nothing other than just playing. I had a pretty good shot, you know. Um, you know, that, that's what happened, you know. Um, you know, to be honest, um, you know, it was good. I, I forgot to mention, you know, when I hit those 35 homers, which I ended up hitting 42 total because I hit seven back in the big leagues. But, um, you know, I give credit to, you know, Mr. George Brett, man. Um, you know, in spring training, you know, we make we just make some slight adjustments uh, when it comes to when my approach to the to hitting. And, um, man, I tell you what, just from that little slight adjustment, open up my – Open up everything, pull in from you know because most to be honest, most of my my home runs was to the opposite field, you know. And working with him, he just you know opened everything up. So now I start hitting the ball out to right field, you know, and it just the confidence just built. And you know, and I took that over into the season, and then came back into spring training the following season and did the same thing and just you know. All of a sudden, I got the talk. I made the team. I was like, "What?" I was going to be the starting DH, so I was all excited. You know, it was all fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, they sent you back at the end of April back to uh, to Omaha. So, I mean, how yeah. di- how disappointing was 2005 for you? You know, um, be honest, man. You know, I didn't. I felt like um, I didn't have a really good shot. You know, from my from my understanding, what they told me, I was going to be the starting DH coming out of spring training, you know, and it it didn't work out that way, I guess because you know we didn't start off on the right time. The team we you know we didn't start off hot, you know we we were, we fell in a hole real quick, so you know it started panic and stuff, you know, front office or manager, you know, saying who knows what's going on. We didn't know. You know, we just bid for our player. We just go out there. We don't worry about what happened in the office. 
So we just went out there and we were playing, trying to compete every day, you know. Um, and, you know, I I, kinda, I I could see what they're saying, you know, you know, from, you know, they started pressing in at, and Tony Pena and stuff, being a manager, you know, and the heat back of now, you know, I, I mean, you have to ride with your, your core players, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, from being said that you're going to be the starting DH and stuff, and then all of a sudden, you know, you only got, you are there for a month, month and a half or whatever, you only got 21 at-bats or something, 37 at-bats, I think it was, I don't remember, in that, in that period of time, but not consecutive. I mean, any hitter can tell you that, you know, if you're not, if you're not being used every day or you're not hitting every, you know, it's tough to get your rhythm and timing and stuff like that to go, you know, and it's it just being... For some reason, it didn't work out the way it's supposed to, and you know I got sent down, and you know the thing that's what happened. Well, you finished off that 2005 year, and then 2006 you played some ball in Korea for a brief time, and then 2007 yeah. you were back in KC for the T Bones. How'd you like your T Bones days? It was cool, man. It was fun. You know, it was fun. You know, I ended up going to Korea and uh, playing over there, and you know. It was fun, new new um, place. I mean, I think that was the best time. You know what I'm saying? Um, it was a well. I mean, I, I wanted to get away. You know what I'm saying? And I felt going over there would have been a you know a different ball game, and I felt good. I, I had fun over there. And then playing with Kansas City and the T Bones, it was fun, man. We had a good time. You know, um, yeah. You know, I, I like it. I ain't gonna lie to you. I mean, it was it was fun. You know, being back. You know, Kansas City and stuff and going out there and playing, it was, it was, I had a great time. You know, I would do it again. You know, um, actually, you know, George Brett is uh, one of the eight picks, you know. Go go back and play, go play some ball over there at Casey and stuff. So he made the phone call and, you know, they got a hold of me and they brought me over there to play. And it was a cool, it was a cool season. Huh. Now you've played one more year in 2008 in the Indy Leagues with Bridgeport and Schaumburg and then, you retired, from what I can tell, at the end of 08. Was that a pretty easy decision to walk away, or was it pretty tough? Uh, actually, it was easy for me. Um, I had my son was, you know, just, you know, getting old. Not old, but, you know, he was, what, uh, three, four. You know, and I, you know, he just started to play baseball and stuff like that. And, you know, I just got tired of traveling. You know, and I just wanted to be be home. You know, what I mean, you know, you know when 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 you stop, I guess how you can say it. When you stop here, when when the fire is gone, you just have to call it a day. Yeah. You know, that's that's where I got to at that at that point. You know, um, I I thought the game wasn't as fun as it used to. You know, like it was when I was first when I first started and. The passion and stuff wasn't there, so I felt that you know if I'm not if I'm just going to be playing this game for money and being miserable, I might as well just stay home and be with my family and work and coach and train train my son and train other kids. So to me, it was you know I I did what I had to do in my whole career. You know I put up great numbers and you know I can walk away with my head held high because I know that you know numbers speak for itself and. People can, people know I me. Mean, I made a name for myself. You know, I did what I had to do. So, you know, I'm good with that. I was content. So I was there. You now it's time to hang it up and come home. You know, that, that's all it was. You know. Now, so what, I have no regrets about it. 
That's good. That's good. Well, and what are your favorite memories of uh, your Kansas City Royals days? Do you keep in touch with any of your old Royals teammates? And when you think back to your Royals days, you know, what do you remember the most fondly? Uh, you know, um, you know, yeah, but you know, it's spring training. You know, um, when I mean, like I said, you know, spring training. That's what it all um, all been together. You know, um, you know, a couple times I see Green Key over here with the Dodgers because I live in California. You know, David and his suit. You know, when he come in town and stuff like that, you know, we, I try to keep in contact, you know, DJ Carrasco, you know, all the boys and stuff, you know. Um, if I see them, you know, they playing in town and I go to the game, I go down there and talk to them and stuff like that. Uh, you know, spring training, man, you know, great. You know, Jose Lima, you know, rest in peace. I mean, he was a highlight in our clubhouse, you know, in spring training, you know, just singing and playing his guitar and stuff, you know. <laughs> Mike Sweeney, you know, all those boys, man. Jeremy Affleck, all of those boys. I mean, we had a great time, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, we even have pictures. You know, I don't know who will take pictures of us. You know, I have a picture with us with us uh, playing a bunting game. You know what I'm saying? So we the four or five hitters that we playing a bunting game. You know, uh, it was pretty cool. So, you know, those great times, man, um, you know, just hanging around in the clubhouse, you know, playing video games, talking junk to each other. That's what I miss. You know, I think that's what I miss the most, you know, being around the boys. Man. Yeah, the friendships and all that. So I guess. Oh, yeah. So in summary, I guess, last thing for you is what would you like to say to Royals fans listening right now? You know, man, um, you know, thank you very much, man. I appreciate the support. You know, it was a great run over there. You know, I wish I could have been there longer. I wish I could, you know longer than what I was, you know what I'm saying? I think that I would have did a pretty good job if I was given the, the, the opportunity to go out there every day and play 162 games a year. I mean, who I know that put us up great numbers, but I, I thank I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm appreciate it, man. I'm very happy, and um, thank them. I want to say thank you for the for the support and everything, you know, go out there and coming out there every day and out day in and day out to support us and stuff always on the field and, you know, to continue supporting the, these boys over there that's doing the thing right now, you know, um, you know they're great fans. You know, no matter what, they always had our back. Win or lose, they always had our back. So I'm, I'm very happy that these boys are there battling every day and um, going out there. And hopefully, you know, you know they keep it up, you know, for one more month and make that playoff and give the fans what they what they've been waiting for for a long time, you know, and you know just. But, you know, because it's diehard, you know, they they got our back. They always had our back from day one. So, really thankful, man. And I know the boys up in the clubhouse are thankful. And they know they're going out there and they're going to do their best to, you know, try to make it to that playoff and give them what they want so they can have a great playoff experience over there, man. And I see that stadium, man. I can't wait. I would love to come back to that stadium. But I, I, they remodeled that stadium. It's beautiful. Oh, you haven't been back since then? No, I haven't been back. I just see the TV. I'm like, it is pretty, man. <laughs> yeah, it's great. You can walk behind the fountains and they, you know, all the all yeah. the stuff. Your son would love it out there, man, with all the stuff you can do. Uh, you know. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, uh, I was like, look what they did. I was like, that is just nice. Very nice, man. I, I'm gonna hopefully I know I got opportunity to come back over there, man, and visit it, man, because it's a nice stadium, man. You know, the fancies are, so, you know. Royal Family, man, they, they did a good job. Yeah, well, 
You know what? I, I really appreciate your time, and I'll, I'll tell you my memories of you. I'm you know f- following you in Omaha and, and reading and saying, man, Pickering hit another home run, another home run. So <laughs> I know we were very, very excited as a fan base when you came up, and I remember watching you take batting practice and hitting the balls in the fountain and you know how exciting that was <laughs> and seeing you up here. And I, I'm with you. I wish you would have gotten a longer look, but I'm thankful you did play with the Royals, and, and thank you so much for, yeah. for the memories and your hard work and your time and your graciousness, and hopefully we'll see you up here one of these days, and hopefully we'll both be watching the Royals in the playoffs this year. Definitely, man. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Yes. You know, thanks for having me. You know, um, you know, I just, you know, keep supporting the boys there, man. And they, you know, they need you right now. They need the fans behind them, and, you know, if, especially if they all pump up and they come out here, you know, rooting and going on, you know, they're just an extra drilling, you know, wanting them to get it done. So that, it's awesome, man. But thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, and um, so hopefully I can get out of there see, see a game or so. Yeah, next year, man. A beer's on me next year. All right, man. Take care. Have a, have a great day. You too. Thanks.